You're now listening to Storytellers. Today's storyteller is Brandon Grant. He's a husband, father, and pastor of Rise City Church. Recently, Brandon and Rise City Church tremendously blessed a local school district like a newsworthy blessing. So I took the opportunity and reached out to him because I wanted to know more about him and his story. Hi, Brandon. Hello. How are you doing? Good. yourself? I'm doing really well. So I know you're from Illinois. Yep. And you came down to San Diego. Yes. So tell me more about yourself. Well, family now, I'm married to my wife, Jamie, and we have four children. Awesome. Um, ages from three to nine, two wow. boys, two girls, Elise, Shepard, Connor, and Hope. And uh, we have now been living here almost seven years. Uh, we moved out here. We just had our one daughter. So we've got three California awesome. babies. <laughs> um, but the, all they know is sunshine and oceans and mountains. Yeah. But we're from the land of cornfields back in uh, Illinois. That's awesome, though. Yeah. That's great. And yeah. then you're parents, brothers, siblings, sisters? Yeah. So I am the oldest of five, okay. uh, the four boys, one girl. And, awesome. um, my mom is still alive. My dad passed away two years ago from esophageal cancer, but, uh, they were married 42 years, super close family. Mm-hmm. Majority of them all still living in the Midwest and all back there, but highly supportive of when we moved out here to start this church. So tell me about the time. So you grew up in church you were saying, and you want to go ahead and share about that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So um, growing up, um, my family went to a Methodist church mm-hmm. and um, my parents were somewhat involved. I remember my dad being uh, on and off in the choir mm-hmm. and my mom helping a little bit with Sunday school stuff. Uh, but growing up, my memory is it was going to church fairly frequently, but a lot of the conversations and such didn't come into our home. Um, so very moral family and uh, did a lot of the right things, but necessarily didn't tie it back to um, we want to live this way because of our walk with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up learning about Jesus, learning about God, parts of the Bible here and there. Um, but when I got to eighth grade, my parents uh, gave me the decision, do you still want to go to church? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a more traditional style service and stuff. And so um, at that point, you know, I'm junior high, playing <laughs> basketball, sports, video games. I'm yeah. like, yeah, no, church. You church, don't have time for that. No, no, <laughs> no, thank you. If you give me the option, I choose yeah. no. So uh, I exited church then pretty much until um, the end of my senior year of high school. Mm. And it was an arrest that led me back to going to church. I was arrested uh, with a DUI, very stupid decision, but I had just finished my senior season in basketball, pretty much up to that point, sports were kind of everything I wanted to be about. Mm -hmm. And now that that season was over and essentially career was over, there was nothing holding me back. Mm -hmm. And so I got... uh, really stupid, decided Mm. to drink and drive. And thankfully I was pulled over and arrested because it could have been worse. Yeah, definitely. And I lost my license for, uh, four months. Mm. And in that period of time, I had a friend in high school that had invited me to come to his church. And I said yes to the invitation, Mm -hmm. not so much because I wanted to go. 
but I just wanted to do something besides sit in my house because my mm. mom and dad kept reminding me how dumb I was about the decision that I had made. <laughs> wanted to get out. Yeah. So I was like, church, <laughs> sure, whatever, let's try it. And, um, and so I went, and uh, as I mentioned, the, the Methodist church, great church, just more traditional in nature. Mm-hmm. So the church that I was invited to was first time I'd ever been to like a contemporary service. So I, I go there and I see that, you know, there's a band, there is the, a preacher wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> what is this? And, yeah. and the town I'm from is, it was 6,000 people. And so I was very hesitant, honestly, to, to walk in because everybody knows everybody's mm-hmm. business. And my picture been on the front page because the courthouse news, he got mm-hmm. a DUI. And so I'm like, man, this is I'll go, but I'm going to get judged. But I walked in, felt the vibe, was extremely blown away by how welcoming people mm. were. And I remember the first time just hearing kind of some of the music and then the pastor speaking. And this is business before Facebook, but if there was Facebook, okay. I was pretty convinced he had been creeping on my profile because <laughs> what he was saying, you. yeah, I was like, <laughs> geez. And, and so I wanted to go back and I went back a couple more times. And then there was a youth pastor there that... Um, just became very intentional and said, hey, let's, let's start to meet. I know you got a lot of questions, and uh, I did have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to have faith was important, but I wanted to have some proof. Yeah. And, uh, and so for the next almost nine months, uh, he spent a ton of time with me, read some books, answering questions. Wow. And, it's like uh, a mentor, basically. Yeah, it really wow. was. His name was Brian. And yeah, then on March 7th of 1999, I made the decision. I, I want to be a follower of Jesus. And I made that decision. I got baptized and, um, just had seen just in the course of those almost a year, what God had done from being at rock bottom and sitting in a jail cell and Mm -hmm. just feeling like I'd let her buy down. And now here was a whole new beginning in front of me. So, wow, that's amazing. From then to now you're a pastor. (laughs) You moved from, yeah. Yeah. So there's so there's some space in between there. Um, so at that point I was around 20, uh-huh. uh, about to turn 40. So there's there's a good gap in there. But um, so March 7th, 1999, I became a Christian. Mm-hmm. March 7th of 2000, I went away to college, mm-hmm. and on not that evening, uh, I was actually face first drunk in a frat house oh. uh, in a urinal, and um, someone brought me back to my room. And I don't have a lot of recollection, but I have, a, I have enough to remember, like, just not good. Mm-hmm. And I woke up in the middle of that night after being brought back. And a little plaque that they gave me um, when I got baptized, I said, Jesus is the answer I'd placed on the desk in my dorm room. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that plaque in somewhat coherent, even still incoherent in some ways, yeah. thinking to myself, oh, man, what am I doing? And I realized it had been a year of the day since I had said yes to Jesus. Wow as my answer. And now here's how I'm living. I went back to sleep that night and I had a dream, uh, that evening that I was staying in front of people playing guitar, uh, worship music, and then put my guitar down and then and telling people, musician? uh, yeah, I had just started learning to play oh, guitar. Okay. The same guy who mentored the youth pastor taught me how to play guitar. And I had, uh, when I first got to college myself and another guy and, uh, one of his friends that started like this little Dave Matthews cover (laughs) ripoff band. Um, But I had a dream that I was standing in front of people Mm -hmm. leading worship and and preaching. And I I remember waking up the next morning being like, dude, that's a, what was that? Like that was some, I drank really heavy last night. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then within the next um, two weeks, I had three different people 
approached me randomly and asked if I'd ever considered starting some type of Bible study. Wow. And so like, okay. I was like, what is this about? Yeah. And, and then, um, so I, I'd kind of been on and off going to church mm-hmm. that first semester. And so at that point I was like, I probably need to, I just need, I'm, I'm not honoring what I first said. Yeah. And so, and I'm starting to feel these things. So I went to this church, uh, Vail Baptist church and my brother had went to the same college. So he and I went together along with a friend and no joke in the middle of the service, mm-hmm. uh, this, in my mind, middle-aged woman <laughs> came up beside me and put her hand on my leg and she looked at me and she said, this has never happened to me before. And I looked at her and I said, uh, well, Cougar, it's not happening today either. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I just, I said, like, this never happened but I was just either. like, I said, uh, what? And she goes, I feel like whatever God, this God's been trying to tell you something mm. and you're running away from it mm. and you need to listen. And I had shared with my brother these dreams and things like that. So anyway, at that point, I just felt like I was supposed to, at that time I was, I went to college to be a, a nurse anesthetist. Mm-hmm. So I was a nursing major. Okay. And I felt like, I don't know what this means, but I need to start something. Yeah. And because I wasn't able to um, go out on the weekends with a lot of the guys mm-hmm. um, and not make poor decisions, for the rest of that, that second semester, I pretty much stayed in my dorm room mm-hmm. and just began trying to consider what that meant and mm-hmm. praying through it and just felt like I was going to start kind of like a mini campus ministry. And mm-hmm. so the next fall, we put up a bunch of signs. Uh, we named the Bible study DRL because there was a show on MTV at the time called TRL <laughs> and totally just ripped it off. And so DRL was Death, Resurrection, Life. Love that. And uh, about 40 or 50 students showed up. Wow. And I was leading music, put it down, started to preach. And like the dream had come true. Yeah, definitely. And then over the course of the next couple of years, um, while I was an undergrad, uh, I just, we, that ministry continued to grow. And I just felt like I wasn't supposed to do the, the medical pursuit. Mm. And that God wanted me to move towards ministry. And so um, I ended up choosing to get my business degree instead, mm. just so I could try to graduate on time. And I kept leading that campus ministry there. And while I did that, I went to a local seminary for my master's. Wow. And after that, I took a job as a college pastor at a local church. And mm-hmm. so, so for that 15-year period, mm-hmm. um, pretty much I was working with college students and for a while just a campus minister. Then I eventually got hired as a campus a college pastor at church. Mm-hmm. And it was at that church um, when I was a college pastor that um, I began to think about what it looked like to pastor mm. a full church, not just college students. Yeah. And that's really what began moving us to think about uh, doing that. And I had a friend who'd moved out here to San Diego uh-huh. and started a church in the East Lake Chula Vista area. Oh, okay. And so he had reached out and said, hey, we'd love to start a new church. And would you consider coming out here to do that? Wow. And um, my wife and I at the time uh, thought, And you did know, you know your wife? So I met my wife. wife when I took the job at the church as the college pastor. Uh-huh. Um, that's where I met her. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so we awesome. were, we were we'd been married almost six years before when we moved out here. And um, so when they, we were invited to come check it out, we said yes to come check it out simply because it was a vacation in San Diego, right? I mean, <laughs> of course. If you're from the Midwest, San Diego is not a realistic place to live. It's like <laughs> Sea World, yeah. hour south of Disney. I mean, it's like you vacation there. But when we got out here. Um, my buddy kept driving me around and showing us just like 
San Diego is one of the least church cities per capita in the United States. Mm. About three and a half to four and a half percent of the people go to church on Sunday mornings mm. of the three, pl- three million plus. They have so much distraction here too. Oh yeah. So many opportunities, recreation, yeah. you know, and I, and so after being here a week, my wife and I started to look at each other different. Like, are we really thinking about like coming here? Yeah. Time. Like coming here to start this new church and God beginning to really stir in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we really started to take it serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to a church planting assessment, mm-hmm. which kind of evaluated whether or not Jamie and I, they, they felt like we're good candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said yes, which I guess was a good <laughs> affirmation for us. And, and so, yeah, then in August of 2012, we, uh, the only time we've ever driven across country, we mm-hmm. drove here from Central Illinois to San Diego, moved here. Wow. And we're planning on starting the church that I pastor now. That's, that's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the abbreviate. It's just been, yeah. It's just, so for me, like, I never would have anticipated being where I'm at, yeah. doing what I'm doing. Being a pastor was never my radar. No. Um, but from the moment I said yes on March 7th, 1999, each mm-hmm. yes to the Lord after has led to the next step. And mm-hmm. no, I'm <laughs> sitting with you on a podcast. I don't, I, you know, <laughs> in, in a church building it. in San Diego County. And like, I, <laughs> I was like, I didn't see that coming, but here we are. If you could tell yourself, your athlete self from in high school, and then your like moment in college, if you could sit in front of that person, that age yourself. Yeah, that's a great question. I'd probably look at him and uh, try to encourage him mm-hmm. all the things that you think are so important now. It's not that they're not important, mm-hmm. but they will find far less significance 20 years from now. Definitely. And so be cautious on what you think is so ultimate mm-hmm. and so valuable then, because um, that's just being really short-sighted mm-hmm. and uh, be in the game for the, for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And I think that even walking with Jesus, that's, that's why I remind myself because there are moments that, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of spiritual highlights, mm-hmm. but sometimes there's just, there's low lights. Sometimes there's no lights. Yeah. Sometimes it's just up and down. And yeah. I feel like even in my marriage, I've learned that love, that's, that's the nature of love. It's mm-hmm. moments of infatuation, moments of plateaus, dips, high points. And if you keep your eye on where you're going, who you're becoming, what matters most mm-hmm. to you, then it helps you make better decisions in the everyday moments um, that help you get to that place. And the moment I said yes to Jesus, I knew that his desire was for me to experience life to the fullest mm-hmm. and to become more like him. Yeah. And prior to that, everything was about what was going to give me the greatest satisfaction or gratification. Yeah. And I just would tell him, my old self, like, yeah, I mean, those things were fun, <laughs> yeah. but they weren't the most important. And they're temporary too. Absolutely. I think in those ages, my daughter's 17 hmm. and I always tell her, these things are temporary. Yeah. Think of like, what's the foundation? What's the root? What's longevity? Yeah. What's going to last? Yeah. Whether it's friendships or whatever she's interested in. I mean, there's good things that are temporary things, but sure. when it comes to like making those big decisions, it's like, really think about it, really yeah. pray about it. Is it really what you should be spending your time in or with or whatever the case is? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, at that, those ages are very crucial. But yeah, you know, as a parent as well, like that's, it's, it's interesting now being in that place 
and you know probably how your kid hears you because that's how you heard yeah. people when you were that yeah. age. Um, and so you try to do your best to, to model yeah. to them and, and be with them in the times that they make fantastic mm-hmm. decisions and love them in that. Mm-hmm. And the times that they make really bonehead decisions, mm-hmm. be there with them and love them through that. Um, because I do think that one of the things my parents did for me mm-hmm. that now I attribute as a gift from the Lord was uh, I tasted my first taste with unconditional love I, I got from my mom and my yeah. dad. And the way that they supported me, even when I was in trouble and got arrested, um, when I changed my major in college, I was three years into it. And, you know, I'm on trajectory to to be in some medical profession and make a lot more money and maybe even help pay for school. And now I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I want to do like this pastor thing. And they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But but they supported me and they were there behind me. And I think that. Um, that was an echo, honestly, of the way that God is in our lives. And, I, and I'm thankful for those, those little moments and tastes that I got, even before I could put my finger on, wow, there's, there was a Lord, even back then, just kind of really guiding, you. guiding me and setting yeah. the stage. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. Oh, thank for you. For taking your time, being a guest today. And we'll be praying for your church and your family. Thank you. Um, so just thank you again. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. That was Brandon Grant, today's storyteller. Now a short message by Philip McIntosh. I'm Priscilla, host and creator of Storytellers. Until the next episode, God bless. Hey, thank you for joining us for another episode of Storytellers. We hope that this story has brought you encouragement. And our ultimate hope is that this story has opened your mind and maybe your heart to an even greater story. And that story is the story of God. And what's amazing about that story is it involves you and I. See, God, creator of heaven and earth, and also creator of every human being, created us with a need and desire to worship and to follow him and to know him as our creator. His story involves a relentless pursuit after you and I a relentless pursuit after mankind to, to really rescue us from our own depravity. His story involves his son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that our wrongdoings could be done away with. His story is the most amazing story. And again, today you're... Your time spent listening to this story involves his story. And we would want you to this day know that he, God Almighty, is madly in love with you. That he has a plan, a future, and a hope for you. He wants to continue to work his story in and through your life. And all you simply need to do is surrender to him and call out to him. We challenge you to do that today. We challenge you to learn about his story. If you don't have a Bible, we encourage you to get one, or you can reach out to us, and we'll even get you a Bible so that you can read the greatest story of of all, the story of God, his creation, and again, his pursuit for us. We pray that you'll be blessed We pray that you will grow and flourish in the knowledge of him and that you'll continue to fulfill the story that he has for you.